to the Marketing Major Podcast with Sham and OJ. Today, we're talking with Eric from 12 Creative, and we're going to talk about all things marketing, uh, starting an ad agency, and also our AI overlords. Um, that might be alarming to anyone that's listening right now, but as you go through the episode, you'll get it. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit Marketing Major. How's the semester going? Uh, semester is pretty good. I have a couple of cool projects lined up in my classes. So mm-hmm. I'm working with Hockey Alberta Ooh, on a yeah. communications plan this semester. Also doing some service marketing and some uh, uh, with also working with Edmonton Global in my international marketing class. Oh my gosh, that's actually so sick. Yeah, I remember you telling me because the Hockey Alberta is the sports marketing class, right? Yeah. Okay, that's so cool actually. I feel like projects and classes, you learn so much more from them mm-hmm. than like exams and just 100%. reading a textbook. I love it. They're so stressful though. Have you ever had like a bad project experience like with a group? Uh, yeah, last semester actually. I'm not going to get into it too deep, <laughs> but uh, there was just like people who don't do their work and they don't respond to messages, don't come to meetings, you know, the yeah. usual. Oh but, my uh, gosh. And it was like the day before our final presentation, we asked to meet and he was like, nah, I don't do school on weekends. <gasps> <laughs> so we so uh needless to say he didn't get a good review like a good peer review but yeah those peer reviews are harsh i remember i was have you ever gotten like a bad peer review even though you're like wait i killed it i did so good i actually all my peer reviews have been solid so okay i've gotten like pretty good peer reviews i'm usually um someone who tries to take on the leadership position in a group there's always that one and that is me um and I remember I like thought I killed it I like did all my work on time and like whatever and I got my peer review back and I was like zero point like two five off of getting like a hundred like the 10 out of 10 and I was like what and the urge inside me to not like text all my group members and be like Hey, so like who did this? Because I gave you all 10 out of 10s was like so strong. That's just hating. I know. It's like, okay, you're trying to play the curve now. I get it. Mm -hmm. Literally, I was so mad. But yeah, those projects, useful, but they make me want to pull my hair out. Okay, let's get into it. Thank you so much for coming today, Eric. We're so excited to have you. Um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's super exciting and uh, great to meet you guys. Uh, my name is Eric, and I'm a father of two awesome little girls, two dogs, and uh, we have a growing family, and it keeps me super busy. That's like, you know, my day-to-day now. Um, I'm also the CEO and founder of 12 Creative, and we're a full-serve marketing creative agency. Tell us a little bit about 12 Creative. Well, we, we started our journey doing all things creative. That's like my background. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were, you know, about like seven, 10 years, 10 years about now, we, we kind of did it. I was doing freelancing for a while, consulting, and then we started to grow it. About three years into that, I started to grow the team and really decide, hey, we want to become 12 Creative. We rebranded 12 Creative. But at the beginning, we started doing just or a lot of like print design, graphic design, started doing some web design, but as marketing really evolved over the years, and it really has in the past 10 years, we've really moved into, you know, clients have started with us doing branding and design. Now like, hey, now we want to get our business out there. So then we moved to social media marketing, um, and advertising, and then that kind of grew like, let's take it to the next level. Um, so we started taking care of all the clients, you know, from start to finish. Um, and that's kind of like how that grew over time. And we're continuing to do so now and adapting and working with what's out there. And super fun and what i really like about it is that every client is different and people's mm-hmm. needs are different and uh we get to work together on a common idea and goal and we, when we come when we see things come to life it's it's really fun so i guess you talked a little bit about how you started it was it kind of a passion project for you yeah that's a really good question guys um so a passion of mine for a long long time i don't want to date myself here with you young students here um, a long time was just going and doing like graphic design and web design I actually started mm-hmm. web design back in the day early days um, and I always wanted to you know from when I was really young have my own business and you know that whole dream 
And um, but when I first started doing freelance work, I jumped into it and got picked up by a company who asked us to be asked me to be on their team in terms of like sales and marketing. I thought, you know what, this is a good experience. I was really young, I had time, and I thought it'd be a great experience to network and meet new people around town, and you know, put myself out there and get in a zone of kind of discomfort. So I learned how to get out there and do sales and marketing. And I did that for quite some time, uh, maybe it was seven years and before I broke off on my own again. Um, and I broke off my own because I was in like print marketing and I really wanted to go back to being on the digital and online side of things. And um, I started doing that you know, as a freelancer, as a consultant and that, that grew um, and a few years into that. I just started with like, you know, one part-time employee or what's not called the team member, um, one team member. And then we, we kind of grew from there. And then as we took on more clients and decided that we wanted to really go all in, then we, we kept moving along from there. So was it a passion project? I think me giving it a try and giving it a shot, going all in like entrepreneurship, I think it's something I had to do in my life. And I'm glad I did it and mm-hmm. I wouldn't look back and change it. So yeah, and here I am today. So 12 Creative aims to build brands through value. What do you think branding and value truly means? So you've been to our website. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think value can mean a lot of things. I think we build brands because we work with so many brands. And a brand could be anything from a company to a personal brand to, to just an idea. Um, but when I say through value, one of the early things that we found that ended up being different with a lot of clients telling us that we really care and it's part of our core values, uh, which is the C that we have in core. And caring is one of those things. Um, we teach our team members to really go above and beyond wherever they can and be resourceful uh, and be outstanding for our clients. We find that growing together versus just taking them on as a client, doing the project, and then see you later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We work with a lot of startups. And when I say startups, not just like you know tech startups, but small companies, mm-hmm. small mom and pops, or wherever the company's at their journey. And we think that caring and truly being aligned with them and their goals and you know feeling like we're part of their team as well too um and giving value that way that's where the value comes from we're looking for a long-term relationship right so if we're able to help you win uh, and you grow as a company and you'll stick with us and we'll grow just through relationships right so it's taking that one step further than here's project guys execute what you we, we ask you to do and call it a day send me an invoice no we're in for the long term and that's how we've been with all our clients and mm-hmm. We've worked with clients for many, many years now, and I've seen some clients start super small and together um, with our team and with the teams that they've been involved in. They grow to like large, large corporations, and some have sold for a lot of money, and some are still operating now, and it's just a great journey to be part of. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So I guess you talked a little bit about being with them. You want to have a long-term relationship with them. Are you like selective about who you're working with then? At this point, we're uh, a little more selective. Like before, mm-hmm. in my early days, it's always that stress as a young entrepreneur. Like, if I don't take this client, how are we going to pay the bills? How yeah. are we going to make payroll? Uh, if I don't take this client, what? when is the next client going to come? Because it was all like unknown that we were really small. Mm-hmm. Now, what I figured, you know, through my experience is we have to be selective with clients because they have to align with your values, the values you talked about. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have to align with their mission and values as much as uh, vice versa so that we know where they're going and they need to have a team member like uh, like an extension of their team which is our team mm-hmm. that aligns with their vision as well too and values right doing things the way that they feel are right and right for us so we have to be selective in that way as well um, and we have to be selective with the type of clients that we choose to ensure that we can do the best work for them uh, again back in the earlier days I would take everything and anything just cause and I was learning back then so now we're taking projects that one, we love to do, two, we know how to do, and we know how to execute on, and three, that we have the highest rate of probability of success for them. Because that's what they're hiring us for, right? Is our mm-hmm. expertise and um, what we can do for them. And we want to make sure that the outcome is great for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had to maybe take over from a different agency for a brand? I can imagine that almost having to pick up the pieces of another agency's work can be hard to like mend between your values and yeah. theirs. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? Um, usually when they're coming, yeah, I have. Um, and it's actually maybe not as hard as you, you think. Mm-hmm. When they're coming to us, they've already decided to break off that relationship because they understand that either those values are not aligned or the results they're expecting is not there. Mm-hmm. Actually, in some cases, the communication, I mean, things are working out really well, but the communication is not there, or they're offshore or in a different city. 
um, where we find that like some of, some of our clients will work with you know agencies for all different levels of type of work in the states, in Toronto, in Vancouver, usually usually in the states. Um, but you know, someone working out of a city in the states doesn't really understand the dynamic of what's happening in Edmonton right now. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for a local agency to really understand them, able to come to their retail storefront or, you know, whatever their business is and um, see how they interact in day to day and look how what, and listen to what their customers are doing so that we can adapt to that. And someone who's, let's call it sitting in sunny Florida, yeah. have no has no idea how business is like when it's minus 45 outside mm-hmm. here, but but business still has to go on, right? So yeah. how do we adapt to um, things that are happening in town, right? So mm-hmm. um, usually, I guess to answer your question in short, they 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 know they want to make that move, mm-hmm. and um, they tell us what the pain points are, and if we can help solve those pain points, yeah. we'll we'll do that for them. Oh, uh, you talked yeah. you talked a lot about core values, and you said C in core. Like, do you, what's the rest of the acronym? So I want to get this right here. So core is. Uh, care. So we want to care for our clients. Mm-hmm. The O is outstanding because I want you as a team member to be outstanding for our clients to make sure you're your best self R is to be resourceful so i think often people like they'll ask us a question and we give like an answer just off the bat and i want our team to really be like no 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 let's not like just leave it right there let's go find the answer so how can you be resourceful to find an answer you know like how do you ask 10 other people how do you ask for help like how do you go just like five steps deeper than just whatever you think off the top of your head and the answer is there so being resourceful for ourselves and our clients is the R mm-hmm. uh, and the E is to apply empathy. And I think that's a big one in, you know, working with all types of businesses is just to have a understanding about, you know, how they are and, and vice versa. Right. So mm-hmm. that's what that is. And that's the core. Empathy. I, I feel as though I've heard that from multiple marketers and multiple yeah. agencies about applying empathy I find a little that a little bit hard to grasp as a student, right? That's not very prevalent in what we're learning right now, mm-hmm. applying empathy. So how do you apply em- empathy to your projects? Yeah. So a lot of people have been saying this, and maybe it's a, a word that we've, you know, we've had this for quite some years, but I've seen it become more popular. Actually, a really good friend of mine's agency is called uh, We're Empathy, empathy Creative. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we interviewed, yeah. interviewed yeah. her. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Joanne, Joanne awesome. yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, she's told that her whole values. I think her book is uh, coming out, if not already, like, you know, by the time this comes out, it's going to be out um, and it's empathetic marketing. So for me and how I see it, it's just really, truly understanding how the client uh, is and how they feel, where they're at, understanding what type of, you know, uh, roadblocks, friction points, restraints that they may be feeling or not. Right. But really going deep in in what their vision is and, and everything that's about them, mm-hmm. right? Often, I think the, in the old way of advertising, the ad agencies like are like, oh, we'll just do it this way. This is what works. Mm-hmm. And um, the client's like, oh, I don't know about that, right? And, no, no, we're going to do it this way. If you yeah. don't want to do it this way, you're going to go find someone else. You've probably seen this in the yeah. Mad Men era type of <laughs> shows, right? Yeah. Um, but I think where things are now and brands have really changed, one, you have to be empathetic to them as a, as a, a client. But the, we have to think about one step further. The brand has to be empathetic to their clients, right? So we have to think about it like two steps deep. So mm-hmm. how we do it, for how we listen to them and how are they listening to their clients? Because our job is to make sure that we apply that message and marketing to their clients. So mm-hmm. um, it's truly listening to our, our customer um, for us, them, and them to their customer. So you offer free branding and marketing course. What are your top tips for those who hope to build and grow their business via branding? Yeah, so we offer offer a couple things. Um, one is um, our book. So we have we put out a book last last year, um, and it's free to download. And I have it at like twelve bucks right now to buy off any major whatever. Um, that was a that's a passion project that I had. I always wanted to put out a book. Um, I would go back to like you know my English teachers in high school, and they would be like, "What you guys?" Eric put out a book and that's going to be pretty crazy, right? <laughs> um, and people still say that now, but I think that was passionate. We put out a book and I think we wanted a free resource um, to download for anybody starting. So we get a lot of clients or potential clients call and say, hey, what's your rate? What do we do? We don't know where to start. And whether um, it's in with, we are within their budget or not, um, we want to just share free information, you know, based on our experience with them. So that's what the book is all about. Um, and it's a lot, it's, marketing tactics that will help them grow and, you know, 10 ways to market without paying advertising dollars. So mm-hmm. they're organic ways to grow 
And I hope that people can take away something from the book, you know. Um, so that's one. And then we have a branding course with Joanne, who we just talked about. So it's just a webinar that her and I did uh, for fun, that we put out there. And we just uh, put that on our site for like, you know, a free, you know, quick branding course, because we might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing that I'm super excited about that I'll just slip in here is that next week we're releasing um, 12 Academy. So 12 Academy is a, a new division that we have. And we are, our, our first product, our first um, uh, product is the agency launch kit and it's an accelerator program to help anybody who's in marketing. Uh, maybe they're a freelancer, maybe they're uh, nine to five and want to do some part-time or even decide to leave the nine to five. They could be a creator, a creative, social media marketer, consultant, web designer, all of those above. And we're helping them, giving them the, the by giving them the framework of how to start and grow their agency. Um, by you know the lessons that we've learned to where we're up to today like I'll never teach someone something that I haven't done you know myself mm-hmm. um, but how to you know work with clients acquire acquire clients um, what our templates are what we did for our proposals and pitches and all that stuff because when I was learning and we're still learning every single day like when we come across something we have no idea like what to do and I don't have some well now I have some people to reach out to but I wanted to put together this program so anyone who's looking to um, uh, you know, jump on their dreams of like starting their own agency or going to freelancing. And, you know, one of our students, she wants to travel across Europe while working and she doesn't want to be, you know, at her office all day. We're giving her, you know, that framework to be able to do so. So that's something we're excited about uh, that we're launching as a program as well, too. Um, and I'll circle back to answering your question. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. But no that's okay. part, of the, part of the courses and programs we have. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, um, why, what brands, uh, how do we feel, you know, what makes branding or what's good for branding for companies? I think that's just quite, quite simple. It's just like, you have, they have to find something that is really about like what makes them them and what's special about them. So mm-hmm. when I say things like, Apple, you know, you already know, I think both of you guys have Apple products, three, five <laughs> Apple products on Halo right now, right? Like there's a feeling associated with you and Apple. And what, mm-hmm. when I say Apple, when you say Ferrari, there's something associated with them. You say Starbucks, there's association. There's something special about them that makes them them, that is unique and whatever that may be, you know, whether you're a small business or a restaurant or, or a small agency or, or a big corporation, there's going to be something that makes you unique that nobody else has. Yeah. And I think you have to discover what that is. And if you truly believe in what that is, then put that out there. And part of that becomes, you know, one of the core parts of branding that people should recognize you for. And it's not only like the messaging, but it's like the feeling that someone gets when they associated themselves with your company, brand, product, XYZ. I mean, people always talk about entrepreneurs like you're trading your nine to five for a 24 seven, basically. But um, since... 12 Creative is doing all these things. Obviously, you have the normal business and the working with companies and you have 12 Academy and the book. And I mean, How do you have time for all that? Or- I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to have more time before uh, my kids were born. <laughs> um, and they're, they're right now three and one. So it's a really tough and busy time. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't have more t- time. But I think part of that is you, you make time for what's important for you, mm-hmm. uh, to you. And we... I ha- I'm lucky to have an amazing team, an amazing operations manager to like who runs everything at our at our 12 Creative, so that we can work on new things like 12 Academy, uh, and I'm able to put some time to that. But no, you really were like sometimes I wonder like, hey, is my life better if I'm in a nine to five or whatever yeah. the case is, right? Or maybe I should you know go back to school, right? Or, or you know, but um, um, really it is a 24 seven thing in your mindset. It doesn't end with when you go home at the end of the day. It's never done um and and but you have to love what you do so i love what i do i love everything we're doing i feel really strongly about you know our courses and what we do for our clients and that's what keeps me rolling forward if i have that enthusiasm and excitement coming to work then i want to make sure that keeps going and that resonates with my team and and um, without the team we wouldn't be able to do anything so i'm really grateful for them yeah. yeah, I I asked this in a previous episode, but I'm always interested if you ever have a project that isn't the most exciting, right? Someone, I, I guess, I guess it doesn't apply to you as much now because you get to be more selective. But have you ever had a project that you weren't super excited about, but you had to breathe some excitement into your team? Like, how well, did you do that? Yeah, so this happens actually. We take on the project because it sounds exciting and their vision sounds great and everything they're saying sounds great. 
but then somewhere down the road it takes a turn and then things change and they're not you know working with us or we're not working with them things are not working out or what they're saying they said they would say at the beginning we talked about you know here's what we're going to do and they're like great that's all sounds great and then they decide to say no to it all down the road and then it just lingers on um it is hard you know you get, you get to a point either where you have to bring up the hard conversation like hey is this working out for both of us right now because if it's not working out for you and for us it's it's a lose-lose situation right yeah. you don't want to pay us and and you're not happy working with us then we don't want to continue doing that both people don't want to do that right yeah. if the project is taking a turn and they're just not as motivated then we have to look into hey why you brought us on why did you bring us on let's go back to day one where we have that kickoff discovery call here's what you told us about that was exciting to you and why you wanted to like the goals that you wanted to set forth right mm-hmm. to get to are those still your goals and maybe those have shifted and because they've shifted they haven't shifted our path and tra- trajectory so it's like asking the right questions at different milestones along the way um so that does come up yeah it's a good question 12 creative has a lot of example work on their website so what's your favorite project and why so we uh, talked about like stuff you're not passionate yeah. about let's mm-hmm. get into the really passionate projects um this is a hard question because i love them all in in, in in some which way one comes to mind right now uh i'll, I'll mention a couple a couple come to mind i'll start with this one it's the big brothers dream home lottery okay. um and we're on in the middle of the fourth year doing that project right now so um it launched earlier on um but the commercials and everything just launched uh, last week, actually. So we're super excited about that one because, and we work a lot with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and Boys Girls Club here in Edmonton. We were able to work on them, work with them on their branding, their website, and, and these amazing campaigns like this one here. And this is their biggest fundraising campaign. Um, and we love it because one, it's fresh and fun and we get to put a lot of new, you know, there's clients where they're open to creative ideas and some are not. These guys are really, really open uh, to creative ideas mm-hmm. and when you have a chance check out the commercial that's running right now we had a chance to have uh, Gene Prince Bay on and Aaron um, from Sportsnet and Rogers and Aaron Grant from the Elks on there so cool. um, pretty funny they have some dad jokes and all that <laughs> so it's pretty funny um, but they're really open to creative ideas and the reason why we love this project the most is because it actually really impacts the future of our community as well right mm-hmm. so they do so much in our community and they're able to give back uh this brings in their resources that they're able to put up other campaigns of bringing volunteers because there's so many boys and girls, like young boys and girls who are on the wait list now for a big brother and big sister. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you know, then they're looking for mentors to help change their life. And if you know what we do, do trickles down to help them in the community, that's just helping future generations in our awesome city at Edmonton here. Right. So yeah. I love them and, and the project we're involved in there. Um, that'd be maybe that comes to mind first. And then we did another project recently, in Calgary, uh, a real estate project, we were able to work on a project called West Village Towers. And we um, saw that project come to life. So they came to us with the concept. We were able to do their branding, logo, storytelling, website, everything through to everything from on-site signage. And it's a three tower, 500 residents, luxury apartment building. Um, So just a super fun project that, you know, it changed the skyline of Calgary in Mm -hmm. a way. Um, and you know what we did was you know we were being we were part of that so i like that as well this is a little bit of a tougher one but how important do you think corporate responsibility is now and will be moving forward because we see a lot of pretty much every week on twitter instagram there's a new scandal like i know the balenciaga thing is elon's not doing so well right now the balenciaga thing kanye west like it's pretty much a pr (laughs) marketing scandal every day what a crazy like past like I call it three to six months. Yeah, I know. So much. I feel like it's never ending. Yeah. That's also good. I don't know how things like the Balenciaga one. How does that? How does that get through? Life? How does it get through exactly? Yeah. How does it get greenlit? How does yeah. it get through? You know, who's signing off on these global campaigns? Here's you know? here's my um, theory. It's okay. a lot of people in the room that really like each other and that just like have to agree with each other. You know, I think it's just. But they would have had to know there was going to be a follow for that. Yeah. You know. But it's but the psychology of it. You're in a group of people. Everyone else is agreeing. You don't want to be that one guy out, right? Just like not agreeing yeah. with the rest of the group. I feel like it's something like that. Or everything nowadays is just so shock factor. Yeah. You're trying to be a little shocking and they just really too, don't too much. Too much shock factor. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Maybe in the boardroom, you know, someone just has to say yes. Or it's, it's all yeah. about 
you know, business at the, at the same time too, right? Yeah. But things get through like Justin Bieber's line at H&M that he never approved, got through and distributed. Yeah. And he's like, I never approved this. Yeah. Right? Like, how does that get through? I have no idea. Um, it's a money grab. Yeah. Looking for some money. But that's where corporate responsibility is really important, as, as you mentioned there. And like all the other stuff as well too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, on the other side of things, like where Twitter's going, they want, you know, freedom of speech where they do or do not. I don't know. <laughs> you see like all kinds of things, right? But uh, yeah, I think I think it's really important. So just right now, we live in a time, which, you know, coming up actually past, you know, the past few years are very different for everyone in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Most of us have not experienced something like this in, in their lifetime. So what things look like coming out of that is, um, has really changed our vision of the future. So mm-hmm. um Right now, I think is a very important time, and then moving forward, it's going to be or more important for companies to be, you know, responsible, you know, at any way, whether they're about the community, the environment, um, you know, ethical practices and everything, mm-hmm. for a few reasons. One, I think it's really important that you know the company has these values and goals and gives back, or or you know, leaves a less of a footprint in which ways they want to, but it also helps them in you know. Uh, um, aligning their like recruiting people who align with their vision as well mm-hmm. right because you want to work with people who are like you in some which way or have the same values right mm-hmm. um, so I think that's important and then they'll also attract consumers or customers that are also aligned with what they have you know in, in mind right so um, whatever those uh, responsibilities are but yes you know we live on one earth that we only have one place as now to live right so we have to make sure that the uh, for generations moving forward, especially when we have the opportunity to, and maybe in some places around the world, they don't have the luxury to think of or have the the means, you know, for some, like, let's call it recycling, right? We have yeah. the opportunity yeah. to do that kind of thing and here in North America, and we should, you know, use that luxury in a way. Do you think that the pandemic created any huge kind of waves in marketing? I think what's happening now, and and I feel that way. And, you know, we talk about this looking around this room that we're in here at the U of A is bringing back real life experiences. Mm-hmm. It's something I miss, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys do as well, too. It's just like, I think as human beings, we just, um, you know, what's what we just love to be, you know, working with each other. Like interaction is something that's at our core, you know. And, mm-hmm. and if we're away from that, it, it becomes tough. Um, so bringing back like experiences, so brands who create these like, you know, in-person experiences, whether yeah. it be shows, activations, installations, we're going back to concerts and sporting events and all that. It's something that, you know, I think humans feel awesome and feel great about. And, and, um, I think that's came back quicker and mm-hmm. having these, you know, in life, um, experiences for brands is, is important. Yeah, no, I I didn't even think about it like that, but definitely now I feel so much more enriched when there's an in-person sort of, yeah, activation or event. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel though before the pandemic, I would have been like, I'll just stay home. But now I'm like, what if I never get it again? (laughs) I have to be there. So yeah, I really like the way that's put. I guess, sorry, circling back a little bit to corporate responsibility right here. We are three individuals, three minorities, right? Um, how important is diversity within the marketing world, do you think? And what kind of value does it add? I think it's important. And um, I think it's important, one, for your own, for the own corporate culture at, at your business. It's important for other like, larger corporations as well to be inclusive. Um, and it's not just about, you know, um, you know, ethnic race or anything in all, mm-hmm. all types of ways to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us and how it's important, sorry, I don't know if that's exactly what you asked, but like how we bring that to light and how we like really help people. There, there's different like groups. So um, there's like different groups like that I follow and be part of is like is Asians Advertising and that's mm-hmm. in the U.S. And they're a group who have similar roadblocks in their um, in their career yeah. as a minority at a, let's call it old you know, agency with their old values mm-hmm. and they're seeing like, you know, how come I'm not equal to XYZ person, you know, who maybe started at the same time as them or whatever, or, mm-hmm. um, or their voice wasn't as heard as much in the room um, as others. So I think one being part of these groups that it's, it's speaking out, we talk mm-hmm. about speaking out later, is bringing that voice up. You know, people in the past may have not been too scared to speak up or talk to somebody and ask for help. So being part of different groups that 
um, these situations that arise in the past, you're able to learn from them and learn how to cope with them and learn how to handle the situations um, and kind of band together to make everything better, you know, in, in whatever walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess finding a mentor in the space or finding someone who's been there before and, and working together to shine light on this, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain a little bit about what 12TV is and the inspiration behind it. Uh, 12TV is quite simple. Like we started, it was like a podcast slash show. Mm-hmm. Started many years ago and haven't kept up, you know, because we end up being busy at work, busy at work. And then and then COVID hit so that, you know, we've stopped doing in-persons. But honestly, it was just a way for me to meet like cool people and just chit chat about marketing or for anything. You know, it, was, it really started as business branding and marketing. And I thought it'd be cool to bring guests who are from all walks of life, whether it be uh, content creators, business owners, people in the community, and just like bring them in to our office and have this kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun because I get to learn. Two, it's a great way to meet new people like you guys are, new friends. Uh, three, we get to share that awesome knowledge with our audience um, you know, to all you know channels, right? So, and it becomes content and social media content for us as well too. So it's just like, it's a great, you know, win-win situation and you get to just meet new people through 12TV, reaching out to people, I was able to like, you know, maybe meet people I haven't, you know, if I'll just cold call them, hey, let's hang out for coffee and get to know each other. It's kind of like awkward or they think you're trying to grab them for business or whichever, right? Yeah. But having an organic conversation, sharing their story, um, much like what I'm, you know, I'm doing today is is fun and people are saying yes to that more and mm-hmm. um, and it, it's a good, it's good for both parties. So yeah, yeah that's good. That's fun, it's just meeting, meeting people. What current marketing trends do you like and dislike to use when working on projects? It's easy to say like little like marketing trends or like reels, whatever, but I'm not going to go into that. I think what trend I like seeing these days, and I'm not sure if there's anything I dislike to say. I can think of something that may be to come, but like not dislike. But um, what I like is we like influencer marketing and where that was like, you know, inf- well, we talk about influencer marketing has became, they all became content uh, creators. Uh, and now we live in a creator, content creator economy in a way. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge market, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone now gets to be their own personal brand, whether it be through Instagram, TikTok, whatever channels are, YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And they're able to talk about whatever they love and whatever, brand, whatever you know, they get to highlight what, what they're all about, whether it be gaming, just their day in their life. We have more means now to share our story with the world that we ever did. So we now live in a creator, um, content creator, like and creator economy, and it's been awesome for a few reasons. One, for the creator, there's more ways now to share that story and make a living and gain revenue from whatever you're doing, whether it be selling merch or doing paid partnerships mm-hmm. um, and all that. Um, and and then the second part of it, and then you're building out your niche market, whatever that may be. You may yeah. be someone who just loves you know coffee and video games, and you have a coffee and video games channel, but you're gonna attract like-minded individuals to your niche and you're going to build a community around that so you get to make new friends in an easy way and vice versa right and you get to join other places so following people with with your same um hobbies and likes is is super fun Mm -hmm. on the flip side of things for larger brands this is a really great opportunity to also really dial in their marketing so i'm looking for people who love coffee who are at home who get coffee delivery because they're playing video games and i'm a coffee delivery brand I'm going to reach out to that person who has a YouTube channel and a Twitch following of, well, let's just make it up a million people mm-hmm. and do a partnership with them and doing, uh, versus just running a commercial on TV, hoping someone who's listening listens to it. And yeah. it, I can go like way deeper and find out who, and use content creators in different niches, you know, to really dial in my message as a brand. Mm-hmm. So more than ever, we're seeing brands really working with content creators with like long-term partnerships. I think, you know, single, you know, one-off type thing doesn't work out. You got to look at long-term partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're able to really dial in their ad dollars and their messaging to people who are, you know, really, who are the target market. So that's what I'm seeing these days. I love that everyone's able to become their own brand. Like, you know, you tomorrow could start your own show and, and start selling merch and you're off to the races, right? Yeah. And build your own fan. And that wasn't possible before, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, so pandemic also... Uh, push, that, push yeah. that forward right so that's something i i i'm really into 
And we, as a, as a company, also work with you know, content creators to help push our clients' brand though. And it's been working out very, very well. Um, and the opportunity is great for, for both sides, right? Where back in the day, you would hire XYZ movie star celebrity to promote your brand, but that opportunity was only for them and they would get all the you know, ad dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Where now everyone has the opportunity of their own personal brand to align with products or, or companies or brands that they like um, and get paid doing so. And there's different platforms that reward you more so than others. And I think it's talk about responsibility as, as a big tech company is making sure that you're giving back to people who are using like, you know, uh, I think YouTube's one of those ones that help give back to the creators, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, using their, their platform and you want to give back to people who are using it because they would be nowhere without their, you know, um, users, right? Yeah. yeah, something else I'm super excited about that's, I don't know if you guys have played with this too, is Chat GPT. Have you guys used that? I, I love yeah. Chat GPT. Yeah. I love Chat yeah. GPT, right? GPT. Yeah. GPT. Yeah. People are using it like, um, there's this one guy who was telling me about it that people, his profs are all telling him that people are using it to write their essays now. Have you yeah. tried it to write like, I a paper have, or essay? I, I haven't, if anyone's listening, I've never submitted anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but, oh my gosh, it has made writing emails so easy mm -hmm. so easy i love it i use oh, it right like you know, that's a great one yeah i wrote a song with it one time i oh, didn't really? yeah just i just put like a prompt in i played around with it for like uh, till like midnight one night just like playing around with it so i love it i love it yeah yeah no yeah yeah i played around with it doing a whole bunch of different things and you know a lot of people are and i haven't learned like you can do a lot of crazy really deep things with it and some of my friends have you know um done huge forecast that it creates like Excel yeah. formulas that, yeah. that you'd have to manually do before. It takes the hour of work, hours and hours of work, right? Yeah. Um, I played around on it for like, you know, ad headlines, blog writing, things like that. And a lot of people are scared. Like, oh no, it's going to replace companies like us in terms of like, you know, marketing or ideas or headline writing or copywriters. You know, copywriters, wow, you just, hey, I want to make this, shorten it, make it mm -hmm. bigger make it funny, use XYZ principles, make it sound like XYZ author, and it does it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, you know, where's copywriters now, right? Yeah. <laughs> but really, I think where, the, where we have to look at on the flip side is how do we use technology to supercharge our capabilities, mm -hmm. right? Versus we're being worried, something like, oh, the iPhone's going to replace us, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to, like, kill society. How do we make it better, right? How yeah. do we use that to make us better, and be able to do our jobs more efficiently, then we're able to serve more clients or do better for them. So if we can use chat GPT not to to save time, but also save time, but make our clients work uh, like you know result and you know or our clients work result better for their marketing, like mm -hmm. let's do it, right? Like yeah. how does it supercharge our you know skill level? That's what I'm trying to use it for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I even like I think about it. You said that you don't really have time, right? Yeah. You you're always on something or you're working you're really busy how much time does making emails take i swear putting together an email like you have let's say 10 emails to respond to mm -hmm. that still takes up time being able to just throw a prompt in and then have an email come out yeah people like you you all of a sudden you're getting like hours back yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. i i love i had ai write answers to these questions actually oh no oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's definitely a time saver, right? Yeah. So if you can get hours back to maybe do more things with time with family, things like that that yeah. matter, then why not, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that even the point about it, it takes jobs from copywriters, does it? Mm -hmm. Because it, you still have to have someone that puts in exactly. that prompt. You have to have someone that's editing those things. These AIs aren't perfect. But now you've just reduced their time by... Mm -hmm. A bunch. AI is only as good as the questions you ask it, right? So exactly. if the, the copywriter knows how to ask it the right questions, then you can come up with something awesome, you know, and yeah. even better in less time. Yeah. You know? Which is a win-win for them and the client, right? Exactly. Yeah. I love, I, I love I'm it. a big supporter. Like what, I'm a big what's supporter. really scary to me is like, they're like, let's call it version one that we see the public version, right? It's yeah. like a small drop in a bucket of what's going to be like, remember how fast yeah. like smartphones you know, we're on iPhone, whatever now, 14, right? Yeah. It wasn't too long where we remember iPhones just came out, let's call it, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. what is AI going to look like in five years from now? Like, yeah. it's going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah. This is I, this is a little off point, but I, um, I was listening to a podcast and someone 
worked for Google and Google's doing a big AI thing. And one of their AIs became like sentient. Do you know, do you know what sentient no. is? Yeah. Sentient is when it, when it has feelings, like we oh, are sentient okay. beings. It basically right. thinks for itself. Like. Yeah. It started to like think for itself yeah. and answer things back. I think that's where it gets a little, a little too much that's, for me. I, I have seen that where people have complained that their AI chatbots are bullying them. Or harassing them, yeah, uh, because you're prompting it with like harassment, and then they're harassing you back. Let's mm-hmm. call it, um, yeah, it's scary. I think, yeah, I, I'm not sure how you know it's gonna get regulated in the future, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think well, it's not too long from now where they're able to take that and put it into what's called a robot, where mm-hmm. it's robot you're conversing with via voice. Right now we're typing it in, right? Yeah, um, I guess we could use voice command, but. But later, sooner than later, it's going to be a robot that we can just use voice to and they respond. Yeah. So I think we're actually not far from that. Yeah. Okay, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. That's a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. like, but what do you? What's your favorite trend in marketing right now? Um, honestly, I think AI is a big thing for me yeah. as well. Like, because I, I know even specifically in Edmonton, like uh, that's where like the Google DeepMind and all the AI stuff is here. Actually, so it is a mm-hmm. big opportunity for people living in Edmonton. Um, but I have a lot of friends that are like. Like in this in the sci-fi and the movies and the video games, so it's like ah, like they're gonna take our jobs, they're gonna take over. So AI art is interesting too. That's AI art is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I know a lot of people because uh, I myself I do like I sketch and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I know it's like some of my art more my artist friends don't like it because they're like oh it's just like I spent hours and hours sketching and coloring and painting this in where I can just type something in it just prints yeah, out sketch of what you know and it does it yeah. yeah and so it's like they feel a little bit slighted but at the same time it's it's just a proof of how far we've come as a society, really, and what we can still do. Because I think mm-hmm. a, pe- a lot of people were saying, like, oh, technology is kind of stagnating. And so mm-hmm. it's like we're not really going anywhere. But I think there's still a lot of breakthroughs that we were to be made. So it's very interesting. Yeah, here's something going. I heard from a video, just a story on, on topic AI again. Uh, I listened to a guy named Alex Hormozzi. I know if you follow any of his videos, great business mind. But he went off about this AI thing in one video and, um, we can keep this in the pod or not. If you want to, keep it up, I wanted to bring it up. So he said, just think about it this way, just hypothetically, right? And you talk about society and how far we've come along. Let's pretend an alien society is uh, further along than we are. We always imagine aliens in these fancy spaceships, you know, yeah. in the movies that we see, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Assuming they have those fancy spaceships, they're further along than us, right? Assuming they're further along from us, they also have AI, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, we think that an alien will come here and be like this alien being that we see in movies walking around. But really, if they're further along than us, they would not expose themselves to our environment where they could, you know, maybe their flesh and blood and whatever as well too, if they can breathe oxygen. They would make a robot of a human, put AI technology that, like, in five, let's say they're only five years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. They have AI that's five years ahead of us. They're able to take that AI, put it into a human robot, set them down onto Earth. There, these people here, we don't know which is an alien. You just exposed my background, guys. <laughs> uh, and I was like, wow, that's actually a quite interesting theory, right? Yeah. Because uh, if they, why, why would they send themselves to do research on humans if they could just send a human robot, a humanoid robot with their AI in? Interesting. To act like I us. never thought about it that and way. Were, I don't want to think about it that way. <laughs> if they could build that into a robot, why couldn't they? And why would they send themselves to expose themselves when yeah. they could just send that? That's true. Yeah. A little tester. So I was like, wow, that's, that's an interesting thought. Anyways. Hmm. That's pretty good. Interesting. <laughs> Mind bending. thought, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, what do you think lies in the future of marketing? So something I thought about, just think about that last question is a lot of people, last year's talk was metaverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't blow up as Facebook hopefully wanted it to, um, this, this path. <laughs> Again, going back to in-person experiences, right? I think we really yeah. wanted to bring that back into our life versus stay online. But mm-hmm. that, that in lies, I think that's something that's early and a lot of brands like, you know, I think Budweiser tried to create AI, like, oh, sorry, metaverse bars for the Super Bowl and things like that. But sometime along the way in the near future, you know, if anyone is like, you know, when we talk metaverse, if you're playing a game or you're doing something and interacting with someone else online, that's kind of like that, right? Mm-hmm. So how do brands kind of make sure their presence is felt online? And you see that with like brand partnerships like Fortnite game or whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen people, I think Travis Scott had an online court uh, concert in some game i don't know i don't follow that kind of thing yes yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh nike has uh digital shoes that you can buy for your character or your avatar yeah right oh, actually, and, and, and if he you know marketplace yeah. things like that 
that is, it had a big spike last year mm-hmm. and now it's kind of cooled down. But I think now it's going to slowly come back up in the next, you know, five, 10 years. Oh man, I hope yeah. so. My crypto wallet is really, <laughs> it's really hurting right now. Everyone feels that way. But, um, but I think what we're going to find, not just in terms of like, you know, crypto as finance, but um, how can brands, um, you know, now come from like the physical space to the online space and, mm-hmm. and make sure they're speaking. If someone's spending five hours a night in their game, let's say, how does Doritos make sure they're in front of that person when they're in their game with their VR headset? Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that will come along. Interesting. Yeah. I guess kind of going back to a little bit of an earlier question, since uh, you were talking about how like the metaverse didn't blow up and things are coming closer. I mean, we're already seeing, we already had the influencer bubble, or I guess, do you even think it is a bubble? Are we at that point where there's so many people trying to create and be their own brand online that it's unsustainable or do you think it'll continue to keep going? No, I think it will continue to keep going. And I could be wrong, but like two things. One, I think companies are now becoming media companies. So companies should be media companies. So if you're, you know, Nike, they should have, they have their own Nike shows on YouTube. They have their own Nike playlist. They have their own, you know, events. They have their own whatever the case is, right? So, um, you know, even your association is a media company in terms of you, you create a podcast that people follow, right? So mm-hmm. you're putting content out there and we're following your brand by following your content, right? So companies should become um, media companies in a way, right? Or should think like so, right? Um, and then people and personal brands, I think more and more people will able, two things, one, teach, you know, create courses based on their likes and, and, and their hobbies and teach other people in the space how to do so. And you become your own little creator economy like we talked about uh, earlier. But I think that will continue to ride because the tools are are more and more readily available for people to to do these things and to have the creative freedom and whether they're teaching, showcasing, gaining a following, mm-hmm. uh, doing like if I was a person who just wanted to create their own personal T-shirt brand, it's just like this now. Where yeah. ten years ago it was very difficult. So mm-hmm. now there's the tools are readily available for everyone to express themselves however which way they want to mm-hmm. um, and I think that will continue to go in that direction yeah what do you think um, I, f- I think we're not at the point where there's too many yet I think a lot of people I think there's a lot of people the the ratio of people who are creators influencers and people ratio of people to want to be them yeah. are still very there's still a lot of people who want to be them but haven't actually started doing yeah. it, or like they'll post one TikTok or one YouTube yeah. video and they stop or like stuff like that so right. I think there's still a lot of people who are yet to get into the game mm-hmm. um but i don't and I, yeah i think companies are going to take advantage of it more and more I, you'd be stupid not to not to have yeah. a podcast yeah. show and all that stuff because right? even if you're not a creator or a company who works with creators at this you should probably have some section of your business that does something like that because i think we're past the point where i can just put up a billboard or appear in product placement in a movie or tv and call it a day i think yeah. you have to have more of that Absolutely. especially after the pandemic you have to have more of that relationship yeah. with people and yeah. what what better to create a relationship with people than you will partner with an influencer or with a creator that already has those relationships kind of with their following. I feel like kind of going off of what you said, how there are people that are not really starting. They want to do it. I think that nowadays it's harder being an influencer. You have to put in a lot more time. People are realizing like they can't do. Yeah. You can't just like put yourself out there, throw like two edits on it and then it's done. Right. It's, it's a lot more involved it's a lot more work and it's hard for people to actually be able to sustain. Like it's so not as easy. Here's something that's profound that I'm hearing from friends who have kids older than mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So back when I was young, we're like, like, what do you want to be? Oh, I want to be on Oilers or I want to be an astronaut or a teacher, that kind of thing. Everyone's kids. The number one thing I'm hearing, we want to be a YouTube star. Yeah. Every kid's dream is to become a YouTube star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's not that surprising. Like, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's where their minds are. So yeah, like I said, are those guys who haven't started going to start? They probably will. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. just too young to start just now. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's going to become one of those things that people reflect on and they realize that it's not always like the most perfect thing mm-hmm. to do. I think it'll become like less people will want to do it. Same way how people are like, I don't want to become an actor it seems like too hard or whatever yeah and i hear those stories like some people who have quit doing it like it's really hard to do a daily vlog because mm-hmm. you're exposing yourself to the world every single day and if you're doing it for your kid 
morally is that the right thing to do if you're like yeah. such a kid they grew yeah. up they're, they're now like 20 they're like oh my gosh like the whole world has seen my day in my life since i was like two years old yeah you know wetting my pants or whatever the case is, you know like <laughs> yeah. but people are posting these things all the time mm-hmm. and you know i post about my my kids but and i think about the same time though like mm-hmm. are they gonna want their video images whatever yeah like when, again when i was young the, my peers don't see my baby images but as yeah. these kids grow up they just have to go to like mom's instagram oh i just saw you as a baby here you know like it's mm-hmm. kind of weird that everything's out there i i found that there's a huge boom of people who were just sharing every aspect of their life for like from like 2015 to like pro- probably like a year ago there was a huge boom of people that would just be so vulnerable online but now i think we see a lot more influencers or people online that are a little bit more private mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. have you have you been seeing that i've seen that more for sure i've seen the drop off there mm-hmm. but now that you say that i also think about maybe some friends of mine who are using being vulnerable online mm-hmm. in a good way for the mental health for us okay. we find it weird that they're telling a whole story online but to them they are maybe they have, maybe they are not um Everyone's different, so maybe they're not telling their close friends about their issues yeah. or problems or the day in the life, but telling the whole world about what's going on in their life um, and how difficult, or, or maybe not, you know, just talking about it and getting it out there and getting mostly positive responses back from their following group. Mm-hmm. Maybe other people like them, if they're like a mom and other mom's talking to them, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or a parent or whichever the case, that's them being able to talk about it and let go and it's better for their mental health. So yeah, a little therapeutic. Therapeutic, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, see, I see both sides a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Do you think that, what's your, do you think that there's like a better social media to do marketing on? Ooh. Or like, oh, have like, like, yeah, which, no, well, which not social right, media? Not Twitter, definitely right now. <laughs> <laughs> which social media is like your favorite to maybe um, sponsor influencers on? I'm still, I'm still going with Instagram. Instagram? I'm still going Instagram. Okay. Interesting. Because yeah. I know a lot of brands. Tick, TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Sorry. TikTok's one. But like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel that something I've seen maybe over the past like month or so, TikTok has gotten stale. Yeah. I think that people are getting a little bit um, like fatigued by short form videos. Have yeah. you guys been noticing that? I've noticed that a little bit, and I've noticed yeah. even some more academic types are starting to make a little bit of literature on that, like how short form video affects our brains, how it affects like attention oh, yeah. span, mm-hmm. stuff you like go that. Down TikTok hole for like hours, and I yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, funny. I like think Instagram just announced yesterday or the day before, whichever what this week, let's call it right, that they're actually going back to how they used to be and start kind of focusing more on less shopping, more photo. You know, they say that, but I think they want to whatever else at the same time but like i don't know i think photos are still there mm-hmm. um, i think so videos still there but yeah yeah but for us to get the word out um again we have to look at what it is but mm-hmm. um instagram does work do you think that what do you think the next big social media platform will be oh, i don't know for both not. of you oh, ojo yeah. too. um honestly i think I, I don't even know if it's even been created yet like hmm. i think we're gonna i think we we're at a point where we kind of have everything now so either someone's gonna have to make a new one or there's gonna have to be some fundamental change into how we consume content mm-hmm. for one to like rise up to the top i still think youtube up, is uh, at the top there's a high school app now that i can't it's not high school? It, it's something else that's it, it's a social social app that's like but it was like number one download maybe like two months ago um, but kids in high school and it wasn't like TikTok or something else that they were using. Um, I can't keep up with these. These come and they, they <laughs> do go. But yeah. when they come and they stay and they're good, what happens is the big guys will copy. Yeah. So yeah. Instagram will now bring in that feature that like they're, they have, they're, they're testing the be real type features right now, I believe. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, they're bringing in whatever feature works and just, and they already have the biggest pool and mm-hmm. they have the most resources. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, it's it's gonna be I think one of the biggest just adopt what works and bring it keep it there. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't know. I think that long form is gonna be big again. I like think so. long form. Like I think podcasts and YouTube videos are are gonna come right back. Yeah. And be big. I think if we ever see if we ever I hope we don't, but if we ever see some sort of like long term shutdown type thing again, 
I think we'll instantly go back to long form content. Like we'll be back on YouTube, back on Twitch, back on podcasts. It's like it's easy right now because you don't. If we're so busy, we don't have time. I'm at work. I'm at school. I can just yeah, I can be on TikTok for a few yeah. minutes. But if I'm in my house all the time, or people, who, or if, if we continue the trend of working from home and you have multiple monitors, yeah, I'm working on this one, but I have a podcast on the other screen, mm-hmm. or if, like things like that. I think it'll be very easy to consume longer content, which I think is probably well. Better yeah, for I like, your brain. I like long content. I go for a drive. Yeah. I'm listening to an audiobook. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm listening to a podcast always. You know? Yeah. I can't put short con- I don't want to change things all the time. Right? Yeah. So I just click something else that's long enough for me to. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think podcasts too is that big, like vulnerable and creating those relationships with like your followers. I think it, I, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm biased because we're doing a podcast <laughs> right now. Because you're a podcast host. But no, yeah. like uh, I, I agree. Like the podcast is, I feel like I know them. You know? Right. I feel like I'm yeah. With them. I'm friends with them. I trust them. They trust yeah. them. Yeah. Since you constantly must be creative at work, do you find it hard to be creative outside of work? Actually, I think being creative outside of work is easier. Yeah. So when I'm out and about, let's say going for a drive, I'm away, not distracted by emails, Slack messages, text messages, WhatsApp messages, LinkedIn messages, all one shot. When I'm just away from all of that, then the creative juices start flowing and I'm getting ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I'm like, oh, I can apply that idea to this client. I apply this idea. So finding more space and time away from digital devices mm-hmm. and being inundated by people, you know, talking to you or pulling at you or asking something for you or whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you have time for your, your mental space to really open up. So I find that actually times where I'm away from the computer and away from work, I get the greatest ideas get away from the marketing a little bit. Uh, I see that the, your dog, is your dog Mason? Or yes, is, my okay, dog Mason. Right, is the VP of marketing. So I looked a little bit through the team, <laughs> through the uh, organization yeah. chart. Will be there be more positions like this in the future? Because you said you do have two dogs, right? I have two dogs. Other one is the office. Um, he doesn't want to come to work. <laughs> um, uh, let me think about this, answer this question. So he's the VP of marketing, but he's actually head of HR too. Oh, okay. So he'd be the best person to speak to about this. Uh, any openings, you can email him at mason at 12creative.co. Do you have any questions for us? Let's turn the table around. For what inspired to be in, what inspired both of you guys to be in marketing? Um, Do first or? Sure. And what's your plan after you finish, like, after your education we finish. here um, I have always been someone who is creative. I really, I've always been someone who likes like all kind of visual creativity. I love ads. Um, I did a lot of theater growing up and I wanted to be a director. I like business. All of my family are entrepreneurs. So I found that that mix between being creative and then business, that marketing was like my perfect sweet spot. So that's kind of what drew me in. And then after I took like a few of my marketing classes, I really like uh, psychology. And there's a lot of psychology in marketing. Absolutely. Which I, which just, I, I love. I love psychology as well. So it was just my perfect mix. So when I finish, I hope to do like brand management. I would really like to be part of a company and kind of like work on one product um, and just in-house. be, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my goal cool. after. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, it was, I was also like a creative kid growing up. I was, um, I was the kid who was always like drawing in class or like making comics or whatever yeah. growing up. So I always knew I wanted to do something more creative, but, uh, my parent, like also being from immigrant family, like art school isn't really an option. <laughs> so, uh, so I did have to try and find a mix of being creative, but still also like being at a good school and a good program. So that's why I, I kind of, I didn't really think I was going to do marketing at first. I kind of just thought. Like, but you start in any aspect of business, you have to be creative to an extent. So I was like, okay, this sounds like it'll work for me. And then when I started doing first year, second year, because you have to take everything, I was like, oh, I was doing good in my marketing classes and I enjoyed what I was learning and I'm learning the psychology side more of it. Like, so it, that's what really drew me in. And then I also kind of wanted to, like, I liked video editing on the side or f- editing photos, stuff like that. And I would just record me and my friends like playing games or playing sports and I would edit it for fun, stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I mean, I guess. If I do marketing and I can learn to market myself as a brand, I could go into content later. So it's kind of up in the air what I want to do. So, I mean, I could try and do content, try my hand in that. I could, I was also liking to get into tech or sports marketing, mm-hmm. thing like that. 
either product or service. Yeah. But those two industries interest me a lot. So uh, yeah, that's what I have planned. If you guys have all the money in the world, whatever, $10 million, $100 million in your bank account right now, would this be what you'd be doing? Like, would your trajectory be the same? You're going to finish school and go work at a company and be in-house brand manager? Um, I... You can do anything. Well, I think about this a lot. I buy lottery tickets. <laughs> so I think about this like frequently. I'm like, yeah. if I win the, well, I'm like, when I win the lottery tonight, what am I doing tomorrow? Yeah. Visualize it. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Bring it to I, life. <laughs> I mean, I think education is really important. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who I think if I even won the lottery, I would finish my education. And I only have a semester left. So <laughs> um, I have to finish. Um, I think that marketing would be something I would still be interested in doing, but I think it would be just creating some sort of business mm -hmm. and then kind of infusing it with the marketing. I already know I really like to help people. I really like um, to help children specifically. This is like a Miss America, like <laughs> for the children. <laughs> um, I really like to help children specifically. So I feel like I would try to create some sort of Nonprofit, mm. right? Not not in it for the money, but use my marketing to really make sure it's successful. Um, I think I would still do university, hundred percent. Yeah. I think aside from the degree and the piece of paper I get at the end, mm -hmm. uh, I think the relationships are equally as important. I wouldn't have met, I wouldn't have met you, I wouldn't have met you, I wouldn't have met the people I, a lot of people I know now. So I think, yeah, I mean, the grades are. <laughs> A measurement, but I think ultimately it's the, especially for business school, yeah. for other, uh, other fields of study, the grades and the academics are more important. But I think for business school, it's really important. You're giving us a bad rep. I, <laughs> no, not even like not that it's not important. You should still don't anyone listening don't get a C. <laughs> but I I think it's more important to, to make the connections with people, and make friends and have a good network and stuff like that. Which is I know everyone talks about networking from the day you start business school. But I think it's so important to make good connections with people. So I would have, and there's no better place than a university with 50,000 people. Yeah. Right? Compared to if I was doing, uh, but what would I actually do if I had that much money? I would do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I would not work. I would probably move somewhere very cheap and just chill out for a long time, forever. What's that place? Ojo Island. <laughs> um, I don't know if it should be an island. That's a good point. I don't know where it would be. Hmm. Um. I haven't thought that far, honestly. Probably yeah. maybe like somewhere warm at the very least. <laughs> Everyone says that here. <laughs> Out of Edmonton. Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. What would you do? You win the lottery. That's a hard one too. I think <laughs> I would uh, continue. I think it would give me a better platform to continue what I'm doing now, but in a better way. Interesting. You know? yeah. yeah. Just develop With like. More reach, more media, more mm -hmm. team members. We can exponentially grow Twelve Creative in, in ways with more means, right? So yeah, mm -hmm. um, and see how that goes. Interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't sell off the company, let it all go. Well, what would you do, right? So technically, right now, I could do what I want to do in that yeah. way, right? You know, mm -hmm. but like I'm doing what I'm doing now. I'm choosing to do so. And there's days there's gonna be up and downs. No, no, like literally, there's up and downs where I'm like I don't want to do this anymore, right? Or mm -hmm. there's days where I'm like I just love it, right? Like today's a fun day. Like I was looking mm -hmm. forward to coming here today. But some days are not as fun, right? And uh, mm. there's going to be ups, ups and downs. Um, and I don't know, what would you do? You could say all that, like go to the island and do those things, right? Mm. But then how fast do you get bored, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so That's what I think about. And a connection was the word I was talking about with earlier with human experiences, right? So, um, but like, yeah, maybe you missed that connection or you do whatever. So I think I would continue doing what I'm doing, just be able to do it in a better way with a little less worry. Yeah. A little less worry, right? Yeah. Do you have anything you want to share, just like as a wrap up? Anything you want to say to university kids or share about Twelve Creative? I think what, not just like university kids, any you know younger person starting a career. Exactly mm -hmm. what you mentioned. I think just looking back to what how some opportunities have arise for me, even as of recently, have been for from like you know quick coffees or handshakes from like many 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 years ago. Like like these things come up and you don't realize them, and they're like, oh, so and so referred you or talked about you. That you you know ten years ago, and that it became like a big like let's call it business deal or a new friendship or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So mm -hmm. going back like networking and meeting people, it's 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 being intentful about doing so, like joining groups and associations like you guys are right now, you know. Um, but being part of that even more so, trying to get out there more. And I was a young person who would never be doing something like this. I'd be really nervous about being on camera or being you know on the mic. 
Um, but pushing yourself to go off, like off your, like out of your limits to do this. Cause in the end it's going to, you know, when you grow, you grow as a person, right? The more you, you get out of your comfort zone, you grow and you get a chance to meet more people. But yeah, just networking, be careful about it. Um, it's, it's, uh, one of the most, it's definitely one of the most important things and you need bringing those connections together because those connections will be there hopefully for the rest of your life and you never know what that turns out yeah. later on. Yeah. Those are all our awesome. questions. Thanks so much, guys. No, thank you so much. Yeah. We're so Thanks glad that in. you yeah. came. This is the awkward part where we figure out how to end this. It'll oh. probably just fade into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. And then the music will start. Play music. So play the music. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was That's so fun. Yeah. yeah. If you like this episode, please feel free to leave a review. Maybe subscribe, follow all the things wherever you're listening to your podcast. Follow us on our socials at marketingmajor.mp3 on Instagram. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.